And welcome to the Fromer Travel Show. This is your host, Pauline Fromer. Thank you so much for being here with me. And today the show is going to be close to my heart because my guest is close to my heart. (laughs) She is Veronica Stewart Fromer. She's my daughter. She is also an intrepid traveler. So I wanted to talk to her about her recent travels. So welcome to the Fromer Travel Show, Thank Veronica. Thank you. <laughs> my God, what an introduction here. <laughs> Happy to be here. And you may not know it. If you listen to this podcast, you are familiar with Veronica's work because her song, Sour Candy, finishes the podcast. She has a wonderful band called Melt. They will be going on tour this fall. We'll talk about that. Plug the tour. Plug the tour. We'll talk about that later. But Veronica, you just got back from Europe, right? Where where, I did. Where'd you go and why'd you go there? All right. So I went to, I was gone for about three weeks, three and a half weeks, and I went to Paris, Nice, Copenhagen, and Amsterdam, and then back to Paris. And I brought my Fromer's guide. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Of course. We're not allowed to leave the house without that. No, it would be blasphemy not to. Um, And I was reading the introduction to Paris on the plane that Grandpa wrote, and I found it funny. I related. He said that every time he's in an interview and he's asked what his favorite city is, and he says Paris, the interviewer looks visibly deflated, wishing (laughs) that he'd said somewhere less basic or le- or more exotic or more exotic or, yeah more Paris just, is not basic totally yeah excuse me for saying Paris is basic I'm in <laughs> love with it but I agree I think I took a year off after high school and there was no part of me that was like I'm gonna go do a euro trip and travel western Europe you know I went and I lived in Japan and it was incredible and I like putting myself into newer scenarios but last summer I visited A dear friend of mine's family lives in Lucca, Italy, and I visited. And it was the first time I'd been to that part of the world in a really long time. And it's just gorgeous. And I, for the first time in my young life, was struck with the urge to do some sort of Euro trip and spend time in Western Europe. And we have family in Paris. So ultimately, I went because... I studied French in school, and I have a cousin there my age. Um, and Veronica just graduated from Tufts, so this was also kind of like a college gradu- graduation trip. She yes. Was getting out there and seeing the world. And so you had the best kind of travel experience, I think, in that you got to see a foreign destination in the company of a local. You went and stayed with your Parisian cousins and they they kept referring to your trip as an American in Paris. Yes. (laughs) Right? I thought that was so sweet. Yes. I was incredibly lucky. Um, A lot of France gets the month of August off for the majority. So everyone's traveling. Paris is quieter. Quiet, except for tourists, Uh (laughs) unfortunately. myself included, but my family had time off. And my cousin, Chloe, who was absolutely wonderful, I stayed with her. She took me around every day and I met her friends. And it was a really lovely way to travel the city, especially when so much was closed. But Paris is still, you know, so vibrant and beautiful when... And this was your first trip there since you were, I think, like 17 or 18 months old? Yeah. It's been a long time. 
for Paris. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So it was pretty new to you. Yeah. And because I was with Chloe, I wasn't really going to the spots people usually go to in Paris, which it was wonderful. But I think I was on like day seven there and realized I hadn't seen the Eiffel Tower. So I went. <laughs> <laughs> and it's pretty cool. Oh, it's, it's totally awesome. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not overhyped in the slightest. So um, what were some of the sites that you did see in Paris that were moving or that, that made an mm. impression on you? I think one of my favorite activities in Paris was just wandering in the gardens. Hmm. Jardin de Luxembourg is so stunning. And if you just bring a coffee there and sit, you, I think you're getting a great Parisian experience. But one of my all-time favorites that I went back to a couple times was the hammam at the Grand Mosque of Paris. Wow. Which Isabel, my cousin told me to go to. And right now I'm prepping for a tour. I'm prepping for a three-month tour with my band. So there was a big part of me that felt like doing a Euro trip was a big mistake and that mm. I would come back feeling exhausted. Right. So when she suggested that I go to the hammam, which is a bathhouse, I, I thought, you know, this is good for me. I should. Well, for those of our listeners who've never been to a hammam, what do you do there? So I got there and the first time I went, it was chaotic. It took a village to get me through all the baths in the correct order. <laughs> I do speak French, but not you, well. You were it a improved. French minor. I was a French minor, but I took classes like French surrealist poetry where <laughs> nothing makes sense in uh -huh. French or English. So I don't know how how well that prepared me to, you know, get through a hammam in French. Huh. Um, although by the second time I went back, I was a pro. So I got there. Um, it's only women, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Um, and I went into the first steam room and there's kind of a series of progressively hot steam rooms that you go into until the last one where you step in and like truly can't breathe. But then you go into a a cold pool. Huh. Um, and it's lovely. And then you get, what do they call it? You get scrubbed down. So uh -huh. there are a few women who work there and they take a, a scrubbing mitt and they just absolutely scrub you down to the to, point to where get... all your dead skin is like right. peeling off of you. Wow. And then the most wonderful part is you sit in this courtyard drinking mint tea, Moroccan mint tea, and the light is streaming in through all these beautiful windows. I got a massage. So you kind of just relax there. And, right. Yeah. And then you walk out into the rest of the hammam area that's co-ed and open to everyone. It's a restaurant and you can have these amazing Moroccan pastries and hmm. tagine and just a great, you can Sounds spend a whole like day more there. of a French colonial experience yeah in a way you know it's funny um it, this is a total sidestep but our paris author uh currently is a wonderful wonderful woman named anna brooke she was originally from the uk but she speaks fluent french and she was living in paris and uh our old paris author met her through social connections i'm not sure how and they went to the hammam together and she accidentally, there was apparently a room that was somewhat dim. The lighting was dim. Hmm. And she sat on like something she wasn't supposed to sit on. Huh. Uh, I think hot coals or oh, something. Gosh. 
Uh, it wasn't well marked. This Ooh. was many years ago. Oh, no. So, and she got like uh, such a bad burn oh. uh, that the uh, the Parisian par- paramedics had to oh, come God. in, and she was sitting there with our old Paris author, and they had much more time together because <laughs> of her burn and waiting for the paradem- paramedics than they they normally would have because she didn't. Our old author Margie didn't want to abandon her. And they started talking about their lives. And Margie was saying that she had to move away from Paris. And and she had this book that she did. And Anna was an author, too. And so she learned about the gig. Oh, uh, wow. In the Hammam of oh Paris. The Fromers gig. The Fromers gig. That's hilarious. And applied for it. And wow. We, lo- we loved her writing. Oh. And she's been our author ever since. She wrote an excellent book. I can attest. She, she writes an She got me around Paris. And she actually, during the pandemic... When we were, we stopped the production of our books because we knew things were going to be changing too mm-hmm. much to be writing books, she actually took off, took that time and wrote and sold a children's book, which oh. is going to have two um, additions to it. Uh, it's about a little boy who picks his nose and then t- takes the boogers and creates a monster that comes to life beautiful <laughs> but she sold it it's going to be it in sounds two like editions. something i would read as a child <laughs> yes that's so, great anyway so you love the hamam. yes loved the hamam i can say there were no exposed coals that okay. i saw good good um, good not to gaslight her on that experience i'm sure they changed it was many it many years that. ago yeah 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 um so you went to paris you saw the eiffel tower what other tourist sites did you see you, you must have seen a couple you went to it. You went to the Pinot. Uh, yes. So I don't know if I'd call that fully a tourist site. Well, because it's not the Louvre or the Musée okay. d'Orsay. But yes, I saw some fantastic museums in France, in Paris and Nice. I went to the Pinot collection, which is at the old Bourse de Commerce, so the Bureau of Commerce, and it's in this stunning building that's completely circular with an open glass top and it's surrounded by this really beautiful collection of curved buildings um and it is all contemporary art so and Pinot is I think uh, one of France's biggest billionaires so Mm. it being in the Bureau of Commerce and also being owned by Pinot where a lot of the contemporary art is more focused on social change and Mm. questioning capitalism and society's givens, um, I think it added a really cool layer to the art, which was wacky. Wacky in the best way. Wacky art. Totally. Wacky (laughs) art. Mixed medium. There was – I walked in and in the lobby there's this massive screen and the artist of this piece had bought an anime character, a retired anime character, huh. to free her of, from <laughs> retirement. Because, <laughs> you know, these anime characters, they are in these shows. And then if they get retired, it's like their whole personality is just wow. killed okay. in a moment's Interesting. notice. So he bought the rights to this anime character and is like giving her another life through this collection but then this this young girl came out and was also acting as this character and like all just super experimental gorgeous art that had it just felt so complex being in this setting right and I really enjoyed myself I loved it so after you went to Paris 
our cousins laughed at you because you decided to go to Nice, which <laughs> they thought was kind of an old person's resort town. Yes. Uh, and you were worried that they were right the first day, but then you went outside Nice and had some extraordinary experiences. And you also, got, I got to say, I mean, yes, it may get older tourists, but Nice has some of the most stunning museums in all of yes. France, uh, particularly the one done by Chagall. Chagall. He does a, a museum of biblical scenes that is just rapturously beautiful, I think. Stunning. I, I, I could spend days in that museum just soaking it all in it's gorgeous yeah I actually went on the day that we were leaving Nice for Copenhagen and I was nervous about getting to our flight in time and I I went through the museum then I got a little bit of lunch at the cafe and then I just had to go back in for 30 minutes because Mm. it was so stunning so yes little did I know Nice I think is regarded by Parisians as like French Florida Mm. (laughs) <laughs> Although I will say the rest of France, which isn't bad. No, Florida has some great parts to it. We have a wonderful article right now about St. Pete's and how great it is. Absolutely. On and I'll follow that up with saying, I think what they mean is like spring breaker, Florida, uh, uh-huh. you know, sure, sure, not sure. necessarily the local life of Florida, but right. they were laughing because, you know, I'm a young liberal 23, 23 year old queer woman. And they were like, you're going to this place that's, you know, has old conservatives. So we got there and it it took me a moment to fall in love with Nice. There were lots of crowded beaches. It was hot. Uh-huh. Um, and everyone tells you to do the Promenade des Anglais, which is this walk along the beach. And I'm sure in better weather, it's lovely. But it wasn't my favorite thing to do. It's right next to a highway. Right. I wouldn't say go there first. Well, um, you know, Nice became a major resort town for winter visitors Hmm. because it's so temperate year round. And so, you know, in the Victorian era, people would flock to Nice to escape cold winters. Mm. So it's kind of funny that it became a beach town because it it never really, it has Mm. has a rocky beach. Yeah. It was always just a place to escape winter. Yeah. Uh, So it's funny that so many people go there in summer now. That is funny. I think it it probably is too hot in summer. Yeah. Then anyway. Um, And I think our trip there really took off when we started exploring Old Nice more and like Mm. really spending time in there. We had had a coffee in Old Nice and then went to the beach, but there is so much to explore in Old Nice. Um, We went to a jazz club that was wonderful the their niece has a conservatory of music and they were having an open mic night there or i guess a jam session there so veronica got up i did join in (laughs) (laughs) and i met some lovely folks at the conservatory who we ended up spending time with for the rest of our stay in nice um but there are you know Nice is a thriving community of locals. Like, uh, there's so much to do in Nice. There's a there's a walk to the top of the town that's really stunning, and we we and did get did, out of Nice. We did a wine tour about 30 minutes north of Nice. And did did they take you out into the vineyards, or was it yes. mostly in the cellars? Oh, yeah, wow. yeah, they took us out into the vineyards. Um, the friend I was with and I got a glass and wandered afterwards and it's beautiful up there. And did you learn about the the wine of that region? I would think that that region is it a lot of rosé? Um or whites because it's 
pretty hot. I'm trying to think what the wines it would is, be there. It is a hot climate, and right. they have one specialty of wine that I can't remember, though. I okay. think it's a red. Oh, okay. Um, well, maybe I'm wrong. All probably three were a, probably great. a lighter red. Yes. 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 Um, so, yeah, it was it was at this beautiful church, which was a monument to the founder's late wife. Um, so it was really a beautiful. The winery was at a church? The winery was at a church. Oh, yeah. Wow. The huh. church was kind of the center of this winery. It was really beautiful. Interesting. And then you went to the little village of Ez. Ez. Ez, which was, we didn't expect much. We had been told to go there for the beach, which was less crowded than the beaches of Nice. So if you're looking for a beach to go to, that's the place. But then there's Nietzsche's walk up to the actual village. The of philosopher Ez. Nietzsche. Yes, yes. Oh. And so along the trail, there are quotes from Nietzsche. And oh. it's, you that can, must be depressing. You can walk he was, and he think. Was kind of depressing. <laughs> and cry. Um, the walk was beautiful because there's some serious elevation. And then the town was this gorgeous little European town. And we had no... Middle Ages era? Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, wow. We had no idea it would be like that. So mm. we spent the evening wandering around there and having dinner. And it was great. It was really great. And way less crowded than Nice. So hmm. interesting. Well, Nice, I think, is a good jumping off point for the rest of the Riviera. It's yeah. great. So, okay. So that was France. And then you went to Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Why did you decide on Copenhagen? Copenhagen, little did I know before booking this trip, seems to be the most beloved city in the world. <laughs> I I had barely considered going to Copenhagen before planning for this trip, and suddenly everyone was telling me Copenhagen was Stole their, their hearts. Totally. Yeah. And even Grandpa, when I was telling him about it, he just kept saying Copenhagen is the happiest city in the world. Yeah. Um, and I I agree. It was beautiful. It was amazing. I think – because of the biking, you know, if you're able to ride a bike, it's a fantastic way to get around. It's fast. It's easy. And it's a great way to see the city. Um, people speak really good English, which helps. obviously, because yeah. um, I think if you're just speaking Danish, it's a little tough out there for sure. you. Yeah. Um, we actually took a bike tour. That was great. Um, and one of the highlights, though, was we took the train up to the Louisiana Museum of Modern Art which is on the seaside um, north of Copenhagen. And it's just beautiful. And they have this outdoor sculpture garden hmm. um, and wonderful art. So getting out of the city was one of the highlights for us. Now, did you have any new Nordic cuisine? Copenhagen has become one of the top foodie destinations in the world. Yes. And our bike tour proudly told us that Copenhagen had overtaken Paris as the foodie capital of the world. I'll let huh. you, you know, marinate on that claim yourself. But um, obviously Noma is like the right. crown jewel you of Copenhagen. You didn't go there. We didn't go You're to 23. Noma. You of can't course. afford Noma. <laughs> <laughs> Although I did aspirationally put us on the wait list for every night that we were there. Obviously didn't get off and don't know what we would have done if we did get off. I don't right. know if we would have been able to get home um, with our thin wallets. But we went to a restaurant called Marvin Ben, which was an affordable new Nordic um, tasting menu restaurant. That was fantastic. And once you book the 8 p.m. slot, you just get to stay there until close. So yeah. we just stayed and wow. chatted. And So for our listeners, what does what makes cuisine New Nordic? Do you know? 
So I think a big pillar of it is um, fresh farm-grown ingredients. A lot uh-huh. of the menu was shaped around what was in season. And in Scandinavia. And in so Scandinavia. It's, it's a lot of exactly. berries, right? Yes, it's Scandinavian of, ingredients. They, they do sea vegetables, don't yeah. they? Yes, yeah. a lot of sea vegetables. Um, it was very, it was very futuristic cuisine. It looked futuristic, you huh. know. Think like foam and sauces and right, um, and things, but fresh and geometric patterns on the yeah. plate, yeah, and really bold choices of flavors that you wouldn't think go together. I wish I remembered one of our favorite dishes. We had oysters with this seaweed oil in them that Hmm. were really good. Interesting. Wow. Um, And did you go to the Tivoli Gardens? That was my favorite as a child. When I was traveling with my father and mother, we would spend all summer, I think it was about four months in Europe, updating Europe on $5 a day. And we always finished in Copenhagen. And I Hmm. looked forward to that the entire trip because the Tivoli Gardens is an amusement park. And I just (laughs) loved it. It's actually the park that inspired, supposedly, Walt Disney to create Disney World. Yeah. So little did I know I was at Tivoli Gardens on its birthday. Oh, And later that night, we were in Christiania getting drinks and saw this amazing firework display from across the river for Tivoli's birthday. I will say it was gorgeous. It was swamped. Okay. (laughs) So I almost wish that I'd leaned in and done the rides. Huh. Because if you're there, I was there in the morning. Right. And I think you can get dinner there and... Apparently, the one of the best hot dogs in Copenhagen is there, hmm. although I didn't get my hot dog there. Um, but a lot of the things to do there were going on the rides, and I kind of right. wish that I'd leaned into that experience. Yeah. Instead, I kind of – I sat by a particularly quiet and pretty part of Tivoli Gardens and chatted with a friend, which was great. Um, it is amazing Did and beautiful. Did you see the child soldiers? I didn't. I looked no, out for I them. I wonder if they still exist. That I was my know. goal in life was to be a, a Tivoli child soldier when it I was about six. a bit questionable huh. for this day maybe, and age. Maybe they don't because <laughs> they used to march around in uniform and they all looked so happy. I don't know. Um, and then you went to Amsterdam and me being the travel expert, when I heard you were going to Amsterdam like a month before you went, I said, okay. Don't sit there. Get your tickets for the Anne Frank house because it's so hard to get into. And what happened? And I tried that very day. Yeah. And it no and it was already so no out. cigar. I did wake up early looking for tickets like every day the week leading up to our trip. So yeah. here's how it works at the Anne Frank house. The tickets drop on the first Tuesday of the month, the month before you're going. Huh. So you have to plan not even – you can't even plan three or four months in advance. You just have to know that that drop is coming right. and wait for it and sign huh. up. Um, so I have reason to go back to Amsterdam. I didn't see the Van Gogh Museum or the Anne Frank House, which was a bummer. But you but took I was a there. river cruise. We took a river cruise. I was there for 36 hours. Hmm. Um, and for me as someone who's on tour a lot of the time without much time to spend in each city I'm in, right. I care more about – 
meeting someone who will help me remember a place. So I often, you know, drag my friends out to a cafe to try to find someone to chat with, or I find that those experiences anchor me more. So in Amsterdam, I went to MOCA, the Museum of Modern Contemporary Art. It's interesting. I think, I guess it, it must be contemporary art, yeah, but there was see, also modern. Mocha. Yeah, true. Um, but I also stopped into a vintage store. I wish I remembered the name where this vintage collector had been for decades and we chatted and had an espresso. So, so I had a great time in Amsterdam. The, he was the owner who you he met He was the with, owner. And you had such a, he offered you espresso? Yeah. He, well, nice. he, he was looking to chat. You know, uh-huh. I like finding people who are looking to chat. Um, <laughs> so we started chatting. He said he had used to he used to have storefronts all over all over Amsterdam, um, but that a business had offered some crazy sum to buy him out. And so I think two decades ago he closed shop, huh. um, but had this amazing vintage collection in his basement that people would travel for. He was wow. really like quite the collector. And then I think six months ago had opened this storefront and started bringing out his items again. Wow. Um, And yeah, he had such a, such a cool story. Now you traveled with a friend from high school and a friend from college. I did. If you were to do something differently on the trip, if you could have done it all over again, Mm. beyond getting tickets to the Anne Frank house in time, what what would you have done differently? Do you think, or or is there anything, hmm. or was it just a an, a lovely trip? That's a good question. Um, it was a lovely trip. I I am a solo traveler. I don't travel with friends much, and it's because I like meeting people. And I think when you're alone, you're looking for the other alone people more. Whereas when you're with friends, you have your unit that you travel with. Right. Sure. Um, and so it was an adjustment for me. And we were together, two of us were together for two weeks, so it was a long time to be traveling together. Um, but, you know, I don't know if I would have done anything differently. Okay. I think. And you did have alone time. You yes. Did, you yeah. did not, you weren't together all the time, which yeah. is, I think, the best way to get get along with your traveling company. Totally. I think, if anything, I would have talked to them. I think we could have had a few more group conversations about how we like to travel uh-huh. beforehand. But, you know, we were in gorgeous places and it's hard to ha- really have a bad time. Yeah. I don't absolutely. know. Absolutely. Especially with the dollar so strong. Yeah, true. That must have that must have been a big a big help. True. So those of you who listen to the podcast, you now got to know, you've gotten to know Veronica through her music. Now you know her uh, through this conversation a little bit. And anybody who wants to go see her in person, she's going to be all over the U.S. And a little uh, bit of Canada. And a little bit of Canada. Vancouver and Toronto. This fall. So can you give us like what are some of the cities you're going yes. to? So we kick off next week in D.C., And from there, we're making our way up to Syracuse, Toronto, Ann Arbor, Michigan, Chicago. So we're doing some of the Midwest, and then we're coming back down. Going to Columbus, Cincinnati. Columbus, Cincinnati. um, Nashville. Nashville. We're going to Asheville, North Carolina. Nashville and Asheville. (laughs) Where are we going in Georgia? We're not doing Atlanta this time. Oh, well. Whatever. Um, it's, it's What's the website if people want to see the list of, of destinations? We are at thebandmelt.com. So the melt, band melt like melting glaciers or melting ice cream. Yes. And actually for the first time, we're going to the West Coast and Colorado. So we'll be all over. 
yeah, no, it's exciting. And, and uh, I now have a second career as a melt groupie. <laughs> True. So <laughs> I may be at some of those shows. And they're also playing in New York at a very, very big venue. So that's that's our hometown. So I'm I'm most excited about that one. Well, thank you so much, Thanks Veronica. Thanks for having me, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let me say to those of you who are traveling, um, well, let me say first, next week I'm going to discuss my own trip which I was all over California's Redwood Empire and wine country and what a majestic part of the U.S. that is. So that's that's a coming attraction for next week. So do tune in again then. And to anybody who is traveling, may I wish you a hearty bon voyage. I'll see you next week. Watching cable.